Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Wifford. Hey. So today, we are diving back into the Willow series on Disney Plus with episode two, which is titled... The High Aldwin. The High Aldwin. All right. So as we get going here into the holiday season... Schedules are going to be a little bit chaotic, so forgive us for a little inconsistencies with that. But we are back, and we're coming hot and heavy with lots of great fantasy content. Um, Hope you guys stick along for the ride. Anyways, before we dive into the Willow, just the quick reminders here. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram, which is at fantasyrewindpod. We're also on Twitter which is at Fantasy Rewind. DM us, message us, tag us, just talk fantasy and we're happy. All right, so without any further delay, let's dive into the Rewind. Fantasy Rewind. So before we get started in this episode, I did actually have a question for you, Dylan. I wanted to ask you what you thought about uh, the Henry Cavill like news recently being removed despite our Superman and... Him deciding then to start his Warhammer uh, movie verse that's going to be coming to Amazon. Honestly, I am in complete shock when it comes to everything Henry Cavill because he <laughs> he is such like a a dedicated like nerd <laughs> when it comes to yes, a lot of is. stuff, which is awesome. Yeah, which is great, but it's so sad to see him like do these roles that he does so well like Geralt and the Witcher Mm -hmm. like Superman in the terrible plagued (laughs) pit of despair that is the DCEU or the DC universe to reboot that unfortunately yeah and so like I I honestly don't know what to think about all this Henry Cavill drama and news that's going on I really like him in so many things like even when you see him in his non like fantastical roles, like in the man from uncle or like anything else that he's been in, he's always so charismatic, always so enjoyable mm-hmm. to watch. So I am of course excited to watch this Warhammer series if, and when it does actually come about and happen. Um, now, do you know anything about that franchise? At all? I know zero about that franchise. When I okay. think of Warhammer, I kind of think of the video game series Gears of War a little bit, even uh, though yeah. I know they're very different. Um, but it does kind of give me like a though. baseline. Yeah, like that sci-fi soldiery in the galaxies type of thing. Um, so I am looking yeah. forward to it just because I think it'll make for some cool television. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly very interested in it because I've never really had a lot of exposure to that universe outside of a few comics I read. And honestly, they were kind of scary <laughs> at the time <laughs> I read them because, you know, like it has the Space Marines and some of them have like chainsaws and stuff. And it was it was some wild stuff at the time. I, I don't know what I read or even when I read read it really but i just remember it being kind of creepy and wasn't totally into it but i'm interested to dive back in now and see what he brings to the table so yeah i'm excited anyway let's go ahead and let's dive into the willow episode here so this was episode two the high aldwin and we start off here with a flashback really back in time with willow talking with sorsha 
He tells her that they need to train Laura Dannon, otherwise she might be incapable of magic. And this whole scene was really to set up kind of, uh, I think, Laura Dannon's ineptitude throughout the episode. Right. Or her struggle, at least. And which is a pretty big trope, right? You're the one, you're the destined one, you're the chosen one. And then it's like, I can't do anything until like it really counts. <laughs> yeah. And so we did see a lot of that kind of trope throughout this episode. Um, and even the ending, I like completely called. I was like, of course, yeah, yeah. she's going to like <laughs> walk away. And then, you know, because she was trying to grow the seed and then the seed's going to be sprouting or whatever. But there was a lot of good in this episode. There was some characters, though, that I just don't like what they're doing with them. Yeah, me too. Uh, so throughout this like interaction between Willow and Sorsha, we get Sorsha does not want Alora uh, Dannon to leave to learn magic because she thinks that she's already done enough. And when she said that, I like kind of looked at the screen and I was like, she was a baby. <laughs> right, she like, did nothing. What did she actually do? Other than she inspire lost her mother, people. But yeah. Like, I, I was just sitting there like, okay, no. There's something else here that's not being said. Like, I don't feel like your reasoning for keeping her away from her destiny makes sense. Mm -hmm. And how she treated Willow, too, was just so terrible. So that's exactly what I wanted to bring up. I wanted to just bring up how big of, like, <laughs> um, how big of a pain in the butt Sorsha was throughout that entire flashback sequence. Like, just looking at her, I felt nothing but contempt for her. I felt like she was belittling Willow. And for no for reason. For no reason, yeah. They're supposed to be such good friends. And she's like, oh, don't don't take any disrespect to this, but you're not a real sorcerer, nor could you ever be one. Like, mm -hmm. what? Yeah. I will say, though, that what they have uh, done with Willow by basically making it, at least in this episode, seem like Sorcia was right that Willow can't actually do magic. That he is more of a trickster than an actual sorcerer. Like, that... Well, they did that on purpose. They did that on purpose. But I think that that characterization of Willow is something I wasn't expecting. I was fully expecting him to be a fully-fledged Nelwyn sorcerer by this point. At least to the point of his old high Alduin, who gave him those acorns that would turn people to stone when he threw them at him. But it seems like Willow can't even do the finger test correctly. It seems like he's a blundering fool in the place of a high Aldwin. And that I don't like. Because to me, that yeah. is just like keeping him stagnant from where he was in the movie to where he is oh, now. Agreed. And it's no growth. Outside of his visions, yes. Wait, hold and on I a second. Think, I want to touch on that. Because yes. if Sorsha has so little faith in Willow... To let him train Alora Dannon, saying he'll never be a great sorcerer. Why does she trust his visions? Or does, why doesn't she think because that... Because it suddenly came true. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing that they've done with Willow kind of annoys me. You can kind of tell in my voice, but... No, no. Yeah. And I agree completely, Dylan, because it, it was like they took two steps forward, like with this whole show announcement and everything else, all the scenes we've seen of him. Right. And then it's like, in this episode, it's like, okay, two steps forward, but almost like three steps back. Right, exactly, exactly. You know, like, he has he has proven nothing except that he's just this no-win um, trickster. Yeah. Like you said, he's kind of a joke, even to his people. Mm -hmm. and Because they all know what the trick is. They all yeah. know the finger trick. Yeah. 
it was the crowd calling for, oh, do the finger trick. Not, oh, test her for magical ability. It was do this trick that they yeah. know the answer to. Does she know the answer to it? And the answer was Correct. no. And I think that's really interesting because I think, too, and we're, we're skipping around here a little bit, but yeah. we don't know what happened to Willow's wife right? or, or his, son? his son. And I think that is going to play a big role into why he isn't doing magic mm. like he should be or like he is. Or maybe it's just part of him also being old. We don't know. But there's a couple of things with tied into this that I do want to talk about. And Graydon. Yes. I think Graydon is going to be a warlock. Me too. Or a wizard. Me too. I think he had, like, that is sort of his path. Like, he's going to end up also becoming uh, Willow's apprentice, I feel like, at some point here. Because he has all this knowledge, and he's just sort of trying to figure out his way. So... I think he's going to end up also going down that journey. I also think that he's going to end up being a bit of a love triangle with Laura Dannon and Prince Eric. Because you could totally see, like, Laura's eyes twinkling. Yeah, the chemistry was there. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I agree with that. And um, so let's keep going on here. Now that we've kind of dug into that wizard role. So after this, we find out what finally happened to Mad Mardigan. Sorcia sent Mad Mardigan in search of the Chimerian uh, Curus, which is this armor that's supposed to be super powerful and was going to be the answer. And so Alora Dannon wouldn't have to be the Empress and protect the kingdom or whatever, according to Sorcia. Again, doesn't quite make sense. Why is Sorcia trying to avoid this prophecy with Alora Dannon? Don't really know. All we know here is that we also learn the enemy is called the Crone, mm-hmm. which we presumably is uh, Bab Marta, just in a different form. That's who I think it is anyway. Either Bab Morta or uh, like an apprentice or something that worships Bab Morta and wants to bring her yeah. back. Yeah. Um, and then we get that whole interaction where Source is basically, I don't think you're ever going to be a a good sorcerer and stuff. And uh, Willow kind of wakes up from this flashback and because uh, he said some things at the end of it where he was like, well, I'm never going to protect you or help you out anyway. Uh, sort of like, you know, perturbed. And that's why he never came back, I guess, to this kingdom to help them. But it's a moot point at this. Yeah. You know, and this where they are now in this adventure. So then we have... Uh, uh, the Nelwyn uh, are very excited for Alora. We see Willow's daughter, who is, you know, grown up, and she's definitely more mature, almost more mature than him, right? She is more mature than him. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we get our first taste of Kit's sort of feeling towards Alora. Oh, God. And this was the interaction that I did not like. No, nope, me either. I do not like how Kit is just jealous yep. or just like does not like Alora for no reason. She is the kid None. on the playground who is mad that her friends are happy and liking this other person's new haircut or playing with another person's toy. Like she despises the fact that they don't worship her as the princess anymore. They're like, Oh, Alora Dannon, you're the future empress. 
what am I, chopped liver? And she's acting so jealous, so moody. Like a brat. Yeah, such a brat. That's exactly what she is. But I mean, it just, it, it's like in two seconds. Yeah. And like, I never, I wouldn't have got that from her earlier, like from no. any interaction with her earlier on. And so I wish they had maybe delved into this just a little bit. Like maybe she was trying to talk and just people weren't paying attention to her. And then like, we could start to get into that a little bit more. But like, it was really just like it was a sudden shift. Or Dan and, and the minute Alora Dan was named, she was just like, ah, well, ah, like, well, I don't even you know, like just, you. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Muffin girl and all this, yeah. like trying to belittle her. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, like I don't understand this at all, but I think it also is going to lead into her eventually probably doing something evil at some point in time. See, I don't. I, well, I kind of see, I, here's what I kind of see happening with Kit. Um, I see Kit being moody, being angry that she's no longer Thanks, the center of attention and that it's Muffin Girl's time to shine. And Muffin Girl. that her uh, her girlfriend or friend or whatever, Jade, is going to show her loyalty towards Alora Dan, which she does in this episode. Absolutely, yeah. And what will ha- end up happening is that Kit will reluctantly come to Alora's defense and then be like, Harold as a hero for helping to save her, and she'll like slowly let down her shield and stop hating Alora Dannon. But at this point in time, we don't see any of that. We just see yeah. Kit being moody, not wanting to go look for Alora when she goes and runs away, being like, Good riddance, who needs her? Is she even really Alora Dannon? Like, how do we know? Who can we trust? Yeah. Like, just being moody. Well, I'm just, I was saying that about her because of what Sorsha had said is that they had the seed of Bebmarda in them and they could, they could bring her back, right? Mm. So I was just wondering if at some point she's going to start getting these like whisperings in her ear, like the one Uh, ring talking to her, like, oh, we could get rid of her. And then she'll be like, oh, my precious. I don't know. (laughs) You know, um, anyway, that kind of leads into though, the knights. Uh, who had la- who uh, the Lich is controlling. We find out that. And he is, because Sorsha sends them out to um, locate Muffin Girl because she knows it's Laura Dannon. So she wants, she wants them to recover her and bring her back. And they're more than happy. It's three of them. Uh, I forget the lead guy's name, but he's the one that was corrupted. Mm-hmm. What did you think about um, <laughs> that sort of control and how that was explained in the story? I didn't mind the control. What I did mind was him acting like a zombie and biting or like yeah. infecting other oh, people. And the corruption. Yeah, the corruption. Yeah. Like, I would have. I agreed. I would have preferred like something along the lines of where like he like fights them with the sword, disarms them, and then like this like mass of magic comes like out of his mouth or something like kind of goes down yeah. theirs versus like him, like launching like a wild animal attacking them and like turning them that and way. It looks like biting yeah. him or like something. Like I said, zombie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't really get that. And I do think there is something to say in between this episode and the next episode, there are some transitions that I'm just like, that happened really quickly. And I wanted to know how that happened. Mm. Um, and we'll talk about that when we, cover the next episode too it's nothing like major but like it's just like mm. anyway let's continue on this adventure through this episode um (laughs) yeah i was really surprised um 
that no one taught Alora when she was younger. Yeah. And we had brought that up, but this was something I had thought of as I was watching this scene play out, and I had to even stop it. Because Sorsha talked about how both the other witches had passed. But how much longer was this after the Willow movie? So both witches passed in like 16 years. Like even if we don't go all the way to her being an adult now, I'm sure the what's her face that was there still was probably alive for another six or seven years. Yeah. And she, she didn't want to teach her when she was like starting at age six. And she didn't teach Willow at all. You know, like there's some there's there's some gaps here with this that I just wish were filled in a little bit. So what I'll say about Shalindria not like being present and being gone. She never was there during Willow. Like she was in this other realm, wasn't she? Like, yeah, she kind of was like touching the realm from beyond or whatever. So like, Correct. I, I did. She get, she got sent away. I think she got banished by Beth Morda or something like that. Which again, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't the other witch there bring her back? You know? Yeah. Why wouldn't Rizal bring her back? But maybe she yeah. couldn't, maybe she wasn't powerful enough. Um, but yeah, like that's fair. I get Shalindria not being there. I don't see how Rizel would not be involved in training Willow and or training Alora Dannon once she became oh, a toddler. Even Absolutely. if it was for a year or two. Or at least teaching her how to read beyond instructions to bake muffins. Yes, agreed. And I don't think she would have agreed with them making the decision to just have her be a scholarly maid. Right, right. That makes no sense. At least have her be like a lady-in-waiting who's like someone's apprentice or like someone's like handmaiden who is like meant to be like a part of these courtly procedures to gain some experience secondhand maybe but yeah it just didn't make any yeah. sense for her to be a scullery maid like you said anyway that was just a thought kind of a thought process that or a, kind of a thread that went through my head as i was watching this is like why wouldn't you know Rizelle want this to happen but neither here nor there so um or maybe, and we, maybe we'll get more context later. Could have also been a bit of a jealousy thing with Sorsha. See, I like don't Mad want to say that, had, but maybe. You know, Mad Mardigan really did adore her, uh, Laura Dannon, that is, as did Willow, right? They had a connection to her as a baby. And you kind of saw this in this episode with Willow, like him remembering her as the baby and like, why isn't she like, having the same sort of, re like, relationship with me. Well, because you haven't been there, bud, for, like, 16 years or 18 <laughs> years, however old she's supposed to be. Yeah. The one thing I will say, though, as well, is that a lot of this might be because of casting restrictions. The woman that played Rizal is passed away. Um, yeah. Then we have Val Kilmer, who's not able to be a part of the series here. So they yeah. wrote him out by having him be on this quest. But what if it was something more than that? What if Mad Mardigan really wasn't just sent away to find this breastplate? What if he was sent away from Sorsha because he was being too affectionate to Alora Dannon versus his own children and Sorsha yeah. got jealous? So I Could think there is yeah. something to like keep our eyes open for. Like if we see Sorsha like lean into the dark side, like her mom, and mm. like seeing what happens with that, because there really is no logical excuse for for what they've done with Alora and like not giving her any Correct. preparation whatsoever. Yeah. It just seems foolhardy. Right. Anyway. Uh, so Alora Dannon runs, uh, kind of runs away from the Nell when 
group and everyone's out looking for kits just like oh why do we have to look for muffin girl and all this and jade or mims is she's kind of over kits crap which i yeah, love i was like she's calling it me she's too. calling her on it she's like you need to get over this um yeah so anyway kit ends up going off on her own and she's like i'm done with this group i'm gonna go find my brother because this is wasting time this is taking away from finding my brother where laura dan is literally like hey we need to find Eric. That's right. all I that's care all about. She that's cares that's about. my main purpose right now. Yeah. I am the dove and he is my whatever. <laughs> I don't um, know if she dove. has a pet name for him. <laughs> no, I guess not. He's my Eric. Yeah. Uh but Willow is he's eventually told by his daughter and uh, he grabs gets out Solyndria's wand and he's like, Okay, I will go te- I'm gonna teach Alora. Um, and that when he finds her, they, he basically like, you know, as long as you listen to me and do what I say, I'll teach you. She's like, yes, yes, anything. So like you had said, sort of this Gandalfy relationship a bit. So what I'll say as well is that Willow's teaching method seems to be to beat her over the head repeatedly until she learns <laughs> the same way like that he did. And like yeah. his instructional method is not ideal. Um, of course, Laura is immediately <laughs> regretful of her decision to say she'd obey Willow and doesn't really. And is immediately questioning him, following like her own like her own thing for a little bit. Um, but yeah, like she just dives in, saying the same words over and over again. And incorrectly. Incorrectly. She doesn't, in, it doesn't even seem like she's really trying, honestly. Yes, and it doesn't even seem like he's really teaching her. He she's like waiter and he's like no water waiter no water and doesn't like give any pronunciation like things like hermione yeah. was a better teacher than willow seems to oh, be agree. It's right but like stuff like that is what you would expect for like oh you need to enunciate this word differently and like willow just does not seem to comprehend that he needs to teach her a different way than like smacking her with the same word over and over again that was actually a little bit of a frustrating scene to watch because of how bad it was. Oh, it was. was. I was like, okay, this is stupid at this point. It's just showing how inept she is and showing how inept you are. Yeah. And like I said, them playing down Willow for like a fool is what this episode was good at. And that was not what I was hoping to see. It's not what I was expecting or wanting to see after 20 plus years. Or not even 20 years, yeah. like after 15 years. I mean, years I feel like he should be so. kind of kind of a, a hotshot, you know? Yeah, kind yeah. of like know what he's doing. And so I do hope we see more, we see some of that, or some reasoning why, maybe, mm-hmm. you know? But anyway, uh, we do find out here that Borman was Mad Mardigan's square. Squire? Squire. Squire. His square. Uh, he is a square. No, I'm just kidding. He's probably the coolest character. Uh, but he's he was Mad Mardigan's squire, and he went on that quest with Mad Mardigan, and it sort of gives a little context as to why he was probably locked up, aka he came back and Mad Mardigan didn't. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, him, Kit, the entire group has kind of been witnessing Alora Dannon try to do these spells and failing, and failing. Borman, you know, is throwing in some humor there. Jade's just like, kind of whatever, still respectful to Alora Dan, and Kit's just being a jerk. Mm-hmm. She's like, 
saying she can't do anything and, you know, just being mean. Um, this is also when we had kind of sw- slip over to the soldiers there, converting the other soldiers, which was kind of weird. We find out that Alora's given name was Brunhilda. <laughs> yeah, that her... She's not Dove. Her hot, her name for being hidden was Brunhilda. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. okay. Makes total sense. And then they were all like, ugh. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> I like... I do have to say, like, I love that the show is not taking itself too seriously. And I know I said that last episode, but it's really true. They really are going with more of a humory, humorous edge to everything. And I think that fits still. Uh, Graydon, he, like you had said, like, I definitely, I wrote down here, e- gl- uh, Graydon likes Alora equals ship, question mark. <laughs> um, but Graydon's very perceptive, and that's where I wrote, too, he could be a wizard. Um, he was reading into a lot of different things. He understands his, these very obscure languages and stuff, and I hope we get into a little bit more with him. Why? Yeah. Uh, like, it seems like he's been trying, he tried to talk about it once, and he sort of got just talked over. So I'm hoping it kind of comes out later on. But Willow's been having this recurring vision, and he tells uh, Silas that Laura Dannon has to die. And then the end of this episode, Laura Dan falls asleep next to where she was trying to get the seed to grow, which was kind of the test for the entire episode. She gets really upset, you know, hits the ground and sort of just passes out from her exertion. And when she wakes up uh, and she's trying to do the spell again, she gets knocked out by the night. Can I just interrupt and and tell you how much I loved that scene where she like is shouting the name of the like the spell yeah and she gets punched right in the face and like i thought that was so funny like had me laughing a little bit i knew like i knew something was gonna happen there but yeah it was pretty cool how they did that uh so anyway he's taking her away and then the seedling pops up and it's turning into a tree and i would mention that it's growing much faster than what willow said it would way faster like it's a full-grown tree pretty much probably right so so like showing that she has like stored potential basically and when it finally comes out it comes out in power yes and i think we'll see some more of that next episode me too can't wait to talk about that no uh we also at the end here have kit like kind of interrogating Brahmin about having like explaining about like what happened to her dad basically yeah kit's not taking any prisoners she's wanting every detail from borman yeah so dylan overall impressions of the episode as much as i was complaining about this episode while we were talking here i enjoyed this one so much more than the first one i thought that it really kind of like launched the story off albeit in some Mm -hmm. ways that i did not enjoy um with some of the decisions that they did like i said like making willow uh a trickster a jokester like, yeah. not anything remotely kind of close to a powerful sorcerer. Um, yeah, but I will say that, um, as far as predictions go for the next episode, because I haven't seen episode three yet, um, I'm kind of expecting Alora to almost free herself through magic. Like, almost have, like, an outburst, almost like they did with Nynaeve in Wheel of Time, to the show, mm-hmm. and, like, kind of free herself that way, um, while also... Like, having the rest of the party, like, chase after her. And then, like, maybe she frees herself by the time that they rescue her. And that would prove to Kit that she isn't this inept muffin girl. So that's my hope, at least. Yeah, so I, overall, I enjoyed this episode. And I'm excited to talk to you about next episode. 
yeah, like I said, I'm excited to get into the rest of this series here. I mean, you can already tell that Willow's not going to be one of our favorite uh, things that we've watched, but it is still, yeah, it's fun. It is what it is, and it's a fun fantasy romp, and that's kind of what I'm expecting, and I'm hoping that's what I get. So as long as Kit stops acting like a bum and stops being a jerk face, yes, then uh, I'll be much more happy with the series. And if Willow and actually continue to flesh out this world, yeah, and just continue like, to flesh out this. Give world, me more information right? about this world. Like, uh, it this is in stark contrast to what I am personally reading right now. It's so ridiculously funny because here Willow <laughs> is this bright kind of like teenagery, like young adults, maybe even childlike story going on here with lots of hope and fairy tales and stuff, versus like the grim, dark fantasy of Joe Abercrombie in the first Law trilogy and the first Law world that I'm reading right now. It's so funny, the contrast between the two. And the fact that I can enjoy both series at the same time, I just think shows how much I like fantasy. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are you reading anything right now, Mike? Uh, Yeah, so I'm still working through the School for Good and Evil series. I'm on book four of six. So I'm kind of chugging along through I'm about halfway through that book and I have to say like it's been really neat I, I've started to I've finally figured out kind of that the author's sort of pattern mm. with his writing and it's it's intriguing enough you know it's definitely like YA fantasy but that's okay yeah I'm on book okay. six of nine in the first law world and loving every minute of it highly recommend checking out that if you're not opposed to a little a little mud on your heroes little mud all right but with all of that being said uh this is going to be tuner signing off see ya see ya